When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The General Insurance presents Shower Ballads by Shaq. And I'm gonna keep my out everyone does sound better in the shower and it turns out the general is a quality insurance company that's been saving people money for nearly 60 years for a great low rate and nearly 60 years of quality coverage make the right call and go with the general the general auto insurance services inc insurance agency nashville tennessee some restrictions apply it's the blue It is the weekly here on the Blue Room. A day later than usual, obviously, but with everything playing midweek, everything gets pushed back, uh, doesn't it? But we're all still made up. Uh, if you watch on YouTube, you see three smiling faces here. Sarah Halpin joins us, and Mike Diasha in his Dallas Cowboys rig out joining us as well. Uh, how are you guys doing? Okay. Yeah, keeping okay. I think uh, considering everything that's going on, just got to keep smiling. And as, and as we always say, when Everton are playing boss and, and winning all the time, it certainly helps a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. What about, what about you, Mike? Keeping all right? Do you know what? I'm better now that I've shaved my neck. I feel, I feel better for that. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, Sarah, but on the, the previous post-match pod we did, which Mike was on, uh, his razor ran out midway through shave. So he came on <laughs> with... Basically half a beard. Yeah. I looked Amish. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that. But a very clean shaven Mike the Usher sits be- before us tonight. Absolutely. He's got, his, he's got his best gear on and he's he's had a shave for coming on the show. Uh, like to see Made an effort for once. Great, great preparation for the uh, for the <laughs> weekly. But uh, yeah, obviously we're all in a great mood still. I might say everyone's still buzzing after Tuesday night. We'll have a obviously a, a chat about that a little bit later on as well and there's other things going on of course at the moment uh, namely conversations that are come up due to COVID obviously Everton's game against Aston Villa is off on Sunday uh, we'll obviously have a chat with Sarah as well about the girls we've had a bit, a bit of a nightmare with the schedule for them as well and what's been going on there and there's this big conversation at the moment about footballers celebrating. We'll finish off on that and what's going on there. But um, just something a bit light to start us off, actually. Um, on the Subs Weekly tweet yesterday, which I put out, sort of, sort of asked, going to be answering questions like, how fast is Ben Godfrey? And Matt Cheatham actually replied to that, um, saying that he's actually achieved the fastest top speed of any Everton player this season. And I've a message him today, I found out that that speed it's 35.5 kilometres an hour and is the second fastest of any defender in the Premier League this season. Yeah, but what is, what, what's that in miles an hour? Like, so I can actually know what it is. Let me, let me just get through <laughs> this little bit. 
I mean, are you, are you one of these people that needs me to convert it? Are you very, yeah. are you very yeah. okay, right? I'm then. glad that Mike said that because I was too embarrassed to say, but I was thinking, I don't actually know how fast that is. <laughs> that, could be, that could be some fella walking down the road. Right, it's 22 miles an hour. It could be not very fast at all. 22 miles an hour. 22 miles an hour. Ben Godfrey was going on. Well, he's reached this season. Nice. Do you know what? It doesn't sound that fast. Because when you think about it and you're driving around Sefton Park and that road is 20 miles an hour, it feels like you're going not very fast at all. Mm. But it is quite fast, isn't it? If you run around Sefton Park, you can't keep up with the cars. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Imagine some fella literally just running around Sefton Park at 22 mile an hour, just constant all the way around. I mean, Ben Godfrey could. I mean, yeah, probably. Well, that, that's the highest top speed he's of any Everton player this season. Like I said, the second highest um, top speed for a defender in the league. Uh, Tosin Adarabayo from Fulham has reached the fastest uh, top speed of any defender. So I thought I'd ask you both just to start off a little bit of competition, a little bit of lightheartedness. Is Ben Godfrey faster than, than this animal? Yes. Or I love that. And I've got okay, all go. this is this is sort of following on from the mailbag conversation, obviously, about could you beat a sheep in a 400 meter race? What do you think? <laughs> um, and they're all kinds of stipulations. But this is just could this could Ben Godfrey reach a, a faster top speed than this animal? So are we ready to go for some of these? Let's have it. Right. If you want to play, play along in the comments, feel free as well. So these these are all down in uh, right. So we've got these actually in uh, kilometers an hour. So is Ben Godfrey faster than a brown bear? Yes. I'd say yes also. So he would just pip a brown bear because the brown bear, this is according to speedofanimals.com. I'm not making this up. <laughs> <laughs> not that there's a website for that, by the way. There's a website for this, yeah. Uh, brown bear's top speed is apparently 35 kilometers an hour. So they'd be neck and neck. Yeah, Ben, ben would just get him at the end, though, with that extra 0.5 kilometers an hour. We'd, we'd see him through. <laughs> I feel like he'd beat a, a bear in a fight as well. The shoulders on the man, honestly. Got some yeah. videos of him like boxing on Instagram and stuff as well, and it's like, wow, wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of him, that's for sure. I feel like the intimidation factor would, would make the bear go slower as well. You'd sort of look at Godfrey and think, nah, don't fancy this. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> mate. By the entire situation. Uh, <laughs> We'll, we'll do three of these. May come back to it another week. Uh, make it a regular feature. Uh, <laughs> is Ben Godfrey faster than an African bush elephant? No. No. Okay, so he's not faster than an African bush elephant. Uh, you might get there one day, but an African bush elephant can apparently go 40 kilometres an hour. That's so he's not, he's not too, too far off, though. And he's still young. <laughs> Tough to aim for, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind being a great footy player for years. But you need to beat these animals and the drag race lads, yeah. <laughs> and we'll do we'll do one more. Uh, the last one I had lined up. Where is it? Okay, is Ben Godfrey faster than a road runner? Surely not. Is the road runner not the little what the cartoon is as well? I where it just. I don't think they just disappear like in the cartoon, Sarah. The legs go <laughs> <laughs> off the end of a cliff. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, run in the mid air. Yeah. <laughs> I've so. got to say no because unless it's a trick question. It's not it's just an actual question. I mean, if you want to take it up with speedofanimals.com. dot oh, well, <laughs> they'll be getting a strongly worded email from me after this if, uh, yeah. Yeah. if I turn out to be wrong. No, I'm gonna say I'm. Now let's say yes. Let's end on a high. You think he's faster? You think Ben Godfrey's faster than a road runner? Yeah, go on. This is right. like that. Who wants to be a millionaire? Where they were cheating and coughing, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Mike? I didn't know a road runner was a real animal. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know that. Coyotes are real as well, by the way, mate. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But, <laughs> yeah, but not the big purple bed that makes little beeping noises. I'm not having that. <laughs> they are. They are a thing. Yeah, they are real. Are they thing. really? Yeah. How big are they? Not very big. Aren't they? They are fast, yeah. Oh. They are fast? Ooh, okay. <laughs> but are they faster than Ben Godfrey? That is the question. I mean, that, that is literally the name of this game. It is. <laughs> I'm going to say... I'm going to say yes. Yes, he is. 
and I'm going to say no just because I want it to. I so want it to be true so that we can say Ben Godfrey have, is faster than a roadrunner. We're going to have a winner here as well, and that winner is Sarah Halpin. Well done, Sarah. Ben Godfrey is faster than a roadrunner. Oh, their top speed is 32 kilometers an hour. Hang well. on. Did I just say yes or no? You got it wrong, so I got it right. I think if we go back and check that, I think I got it right and she got it wrong. No, Sarah said she wanted to say Ben Godfrey's faster than a roadrunner. Yep. Okay, fair play. <laughs> <laughs> I, start, I started out by saying no, and then I thought, no, let's end it on a high. Oh, it's because you changed your mind about 24 times. This is, you know me by now, Mike. You know fair me play. by now. <laughs> uh, Mark Ellison asked us on YouTube, would the Brown Bears have had a Ben Godfrey slide tackle? Um, Not a chance. In a bad way after it, I reckon, certainly. Uh, but, I mean, we, if, if people want that to be a regular feature, let us know. If anyone wants to send us a jingle in or something for it, I'm sure we can incorporate that somewhere as well. Mean- <laughs> yeah, just, 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 someone just give that a Sarah saying that. I'm, 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 there you go. Every time we talk about Ben Godfrey being fast, we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> Sarah's roadrunner and pressure in there. <laughs> yeah. uh, there we go. Uh, but, yeah, let, let's have a chat about the Wolves game then. Um, Sarah, it was... Just, just one of those wins where um, I feel like there's so much to come out of it, um, and I think there'll be people sort of outside of Evertonians who will look at it and go, "Well, Wolves have players injured as well, and, and all this kind of thing." But it feels like one of those wins that you need to be involved in all this and, and live in all this from our point of view to, to realise just how big it was. Uh, it was an absolutely huge win, you know, away from home as well. And I was on the phone uh, to one of my mates at the time when the team news came out and uh, they were running through the team. And I was like, where, where are the strikers? <laughs> I think you must have missed, you must have missed, you know, misread this team news or, or something. But yeah, you know, to, to have the injuries we have and have had throughout this season um, and to be grinding out, not even, I still felt like we were going to win, you know, when it was one all and there's sort of, you know, 15 minutes to go. You feel like we are going to win. It was massive. You had players playing out of position, system changes. You've got Luca Dean playing on the left of midfield, Alex Awobi. You've got Hammers and Gilfie playing as like false number nines up top. It was, it was just you know you look at that team and you think where are these goals going to come from? How are we going to do it? But that is where you know in one of the best managers in the world has truly made such a massive difference to this football club. You know, he can outsmart the opposition. He can use what's available to him and work it in a way where he's like, you know, we are going to get the get the wins. And like you said, he keeps it simple. Keep keep us tight at the back and then find ways to create these goals. And I thought James Rodriguez was, was superb again. Um, Alex Awobi is just like a, a totally new player. Um, yeah, it was massive. As you said, we've been on a journey as Everton fans for years and, I can't remember the last time I was excited, as excited as this. You know, you look back to the Martinez season uh, where we should really have got fourth. And this feels even even more, you know, real and exciting than that quite a lot. With, again, Ancelotti, Rodriguez, the players we've got. Um, I was Leon Osman on Match of the Day saying about how we're, we are in the title race and people sort of sc- laughing a little bit or whatever. You know, we, we actually, whether people like it or not, that's where Everton are at the moment. And I'm not saying that we're going to go all out and try and win the league, but wow. And so to be getting wins like that away against a, a good Wolves team, yeah, they're missing players, but we've just cracked on, haven't we? We've we've had so many really big injuries to key players, suspensions, etc. And we're still getting these wins. It's absolutely massive. And someone told me a stat earlier about, um, I think, the amount of times it took Koeman and... Uh, Koeman, Allardyce, um, Silver, whoever else, uh, to get 10 Everton away wins was like over a thousand, whatever, however many days. It took Ancelotti 300 and something and over a hundred of them, there was no football. You know, it's massive. It's a massive, massive thing. And yeah, absolutely delighted with it. What did you make of it all, Mike, on Tuesday night? Um, I thought Sarah said something really interesting then about being excited. Um, I've felt more excited about Everton this before under Roberto Martinez first season. I was more excited, but that was because of how improbable that situation came about and was just so out of the blue and unexpected, came from nowhere, and we knew it could evaporate at any instance. 
I've never felt this assured about an Everton team before and in the knowledge that they are going in the right direction and they're in very, very safe hands. Um, and you've merged those things together and it's so much more powerful than just being excited because having that confidence, if I'm feeling like Everton can do that, then Jesus Christ, anyone can. <laughs> I, I imagine how that translates to the players as well. The, the confidence that must be instilled within them. We've seen that just from the away, the results of the away games in themselves. I know no fans being there makes a difference, but still such a massive thing to get those wins on the board. And the game in itself, um, it was interesting, I thought. It was different than the wins that we've seen recently, in my opinion. We, we've seen backs against the wall wins quite a lot, where it's just been a case of really by hook or by crook, grit your teeth and grind out the win, score goals when you can. And there, there was more... There's more of a plan here, an attacking plan, I thought, in play. Everton looked a lot more dangerous and created a lot more opportunities. And obviously, that's going to be the case when you have your two most creative players back in the lineup, And it's going to be mitigated somewhat by having no recognised striker on the pitch. But it was nice to see all the pieces start to come back together again, to be honest with you, because we haven't had them, well, that many on the pitch for quite a while. Hopefully, within the next few games, we'll have them all. Yeah, and I think you said something there, Mike, and I'll come back to you in regards to the pieces being there and... I think when we were watching this team sort of gutted out in December, we all were very much of the opinion that while this is great and necessary and you know it's you know it's got to be done given the injuries we've got, that this way of playing wasn't necessarily sustainable and we couldn't keep going on like that because you're playing fine margin football and every now and then the fine margins go against you and you know that, that's just the way it is. But it, it felt as well, and I agree with you in regards to this win being different. It, it felt as though. That set up on Tuesday night, you could sort of see where you'd put your more glamorous pieces into that setup, and it could still work. So you could say you can take Gilby Sigurdsson out and put Dominic Carver Lewin in. You could potentially, you know, take one of the fullbacks out and put Dina back and put Richarlison in. Alan obviously goes straight back in into that midfield, and you sort of look at those changes and you think, all right, it, it, maybe you put Luca Dean to left back and you know Godfrey to, to right back, or you keep Holgate in there, whatever you do. You might lose a, a bit of defensive structure, but you're offsetting that with serious attacking talent in, in Richarlison and, and Carver-Lewin, and you've got a much better midfielder in there and Allen as well. And it, it felt like, sort of to, to go back to what you said at the start, it, it, it sort of feels like this is very much the start of something and the origins of something, as opposed to the peak of something. Yeah, definitely. I think the lack of a full and proper pre-season and the lack of a proper break would have hampered loads of teams and... I think that's why we saw the swashbuckling Everton at the start of the season when teams didn't really know how to play against the new players and new players were starting to gel with each other and it really clicked at such a such a good time for us. And then with the injuries and with differences in tactics, we've obviously seen a bit of a shift. And as you say, I think now that the pieces are coming back together and with time on the training ground, we're seeing a team that's evolving to know what they are capable of. And I think that this period's been really important for them because they've realised that they are capable of defending well. As bluntly and as simple as that sounds, that's not been a trait that we've associated with Everton for quite a while at this point. So being capable of defending well and knowing that, hang on, you've got a player there who can absolutely just put the ball on a sixpence and create a chance out of nothing. It was nice to see James Rodriguez be as influential as he was in the early parts of the season. I think the ball across to Digne to create the first goal for Awobi, that's that's what we got used to seeing. Obviously, as he suffered a bit of injury and was in and out of the team and regaining fitness, that sort of died off a little bit. But it's just so nice to have that back because it's just, as we saw, it's just a game changer. Yeah, putting slide tackles in in the second half as well, which is, which is nice to see. I don't think we'll see much more of them, to be honest with you. Uh, but I suppose it, it goes to show that he, even he's buying into it a bit in, in that sense, although you don't want him doing that. But, you know, Mike mentioned there, said about this team suddenly looking like it's not only learned how to defend well, but is enjoying defending. And the fellow that, that sort of epitomises that at the moment is the, the fellow who led the defence out, outstandingly on, on Tuesday and scored the winning goal on Tuesday as well, and, and, and that's Michael Keane. And, um, it's, it's amazing the transformation in this lad's game, isn't it? He's gone from being somebody you think a lot of us all you know, are questions about, whether he had the mentality, whether he had the, the right physical attributes to be able to play for this football club. And I think we're sitting here now and we're talking about one of the best centre-backs in the Premier League. 
absolutely and you know i myself uh owe an apology to him in that sense that i i very much had my doubts um you know uh, i always thought what a what a really lovely young man who seems to want to do really well and we all really wanted him to do well but i was questioning whether or not the the mentality was there um in terms of uh being strong enough to handle the pressure and you know things like that and he seemed to be so so low and bereft of confidence um and i think what we've seen over you know the course of this season and and you know we've seen glimpses of it growing over time as well is that he is just so confident and assured he wins absolutely everything in the air and he will carry the ball forward so he's at the heart of a lot of everton in the packs these days, you know, with the, the balls he can pick out, he's a he's a really top class ball playing centre half, goal scoring centre half, wins everything at the back. He is brave, and you know, I think he's he's playing now to all his attributes and stuff. We know that he's not the fastest in the world, but I think also having players like Holgate back around him, Ben Godfrey, um, you know, Yerry Mina, who I think has improved as well. Um, it, it's just been brilliant to see because I think. He is one of those players that all of us wanted to see do well, and he's becoming a real sort of cult hero, isn't he? And a real fan favourite, and somebody that you can rely on. And something that used to frustrate me about Keane as well, and Mina, to be honest, was you'd see that we were getting really nice deliveries into the box, and they would have opportunities time again from corners, from free kicks, from open play deliveries in where they'd be getting these these deliveries for them and, and heading them over the bar and not getting them on target. But that's another thing that's... He scored three Premier League goals already this season as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we're halfway through the season. And, you know, big, important goals as well. That's got us an extra two points. And when you've even got your centre-arse pinging in with the goals, keeping clean sheets and then doing the business at the other end at key moments as well, it's fantastic. And I think he looks like he's somebody who's really enjoying his football now at Everton, really enjoying being a part of this. Um, and I think Ancelotti's, you know, absolutely delighted. As you said, he certainly is one of the best uh, centre-backs in the league now. And if you'd have said that to me a couple of seasons ago, uh, I'd have I'd have probably struggled to believe you. But Michael Keane, what a guy. Yeah. You've always had a degree of faith in him, haven't you, Mike? I think whenever we've spoken about him in the past, and remember at the end of Marco Silva's first season, you were... You were very high in, in your praise of him. But even between that and, and where he is now, it's, you know, did, did even you envisage him getting to this level? Because it feels like he's, he's you know, well, I think, I think it's probably fair to say he's playing the best he's ever played for Everton over the last few weeks. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say it's probably the best period of his footballing career in terms of leadership, in terms of um, comfort on the ball and in terms of defending in general. If you add all three aspects together, it's probably the most he's shown. I think his time at Burnley when he was at his best, he was a leader and he was comfortable tackling. He was not comfortable on the ball. He was not comfortable with players trying to run in behind him. I think he's adapted through a very, very tough period of his career. And he's adapted very, very well. And as you say, I didn't foresee it getting to be this good. I thought he could become a six, six out of 10 standard competent defender who probably wouldn't be an Everton starting lineup going forwards. And as it stands, he's your first name on the defensive team sheet at the minute. And Yerry Mina next to him, the pair of them have seems to have found a, a partnership there that works together that we probably didn't think that could work but as we should say probably won't work in some very specific matches but for the majority of games they don't really seem to be troubled in the way that they have been in the past and maybe that's just a case of time and them getting to know each other's game better and better maybe it's a case of just having more security in defensive midfield again it could be absolutely anything but as a pair they've done very very well but Keen on his own, he's one of Everton's most improved players alongside Alex Iwobi. Yeah, I think it's there has to be things that they're comfortable with as well, aren't they? You know, they're playing in a setup there where they can both. I think in general, when opposition gets the ball, we're, we're happy to sit off, aren't we, and say cross it into the box if you want, because we've got four centre backs on the pitch, two of which are absolute colossals in the air in the middle, um, and we'll we'll get in the way of things and it just. Just I was, I was watching back some of the extended highlights from the game at the weekend, and I briefly mentioned this like, um, the day after, and I briefly mentioned this on the on the instant reaction. But I think he was so good in that spell after he scored in the last fifteen minutes. Just you know, they got the ball wide a lot and were putting crosses in, and it wasn't like 
like, like you said, sir, I think early on he was running a lot of headers and stuff like that. But these were, these were low crosses into dangerous areas and it was just positioning and, and getting in the right place, getting in front of his man and, and cutting it out. And I think he's, he's somebody who, with that in mind, I think could be around for a while because he's never going to be reliant on his pace. He never has been reliant on his pace. But he's somebody who seems to be learning more and more about the game and his understanding of the game is growing and growing. So with that in mind, Hopefully his shelf life is, is you know, a, a long one at Everton in that regard. Um, Sarah, you mentioned Alex Iwobi as well. It's got the other goal. But um, in, again, in general, his performance was excellent. And I think in these away games in particular where we have been pinned back at times and we may not necessarily have a, a rapid outlet up top, he's been the one you've sort of said, well, if we give the ball to him, he can get up the line 20 yards, get us a free kick, hold off defenders. You know, He's, he's been very much our, our valve against pressure in, in some of these away games. Oh, he's been superb, hasn't he? You know, and again, like you said, um, and like Mike said, Alex Awobi and Michael Keane, definitely the most improved Everton players. Um, and the other thing that I, I'm really enjoying watching is it looks like Hammers and Awobi really enjoy playing uh, alongside each other as well. I think with, with Awobi, you've got someone who is just, just injects directness and pace into the team. And you've got Hammers picking out these balls, pinging in these balls, and he will know that Iwobi's just going to be running in onto them. And as you said, he's such an outlet if we're ever under a bit of pressure. You've got even centre asking whack balls out wide to him, Pickford can, and he will just take it. He's not even the fastest player in the world. I think he's got bursts of acceleration, but he's just so clever and tricky to play against that, you know, he really is a massive outlet. And, and probably gives our defenders a lot of a respite as well. But as I say, yeah, and early on in the games, I noticed as well, he's one of the first players that is is up there trying to get a shot in on target. And that's what I like to see with Everton, just be direct early on, let them know you're about. And he is such a direct player. He's that right wing back position that he, he'd been thrown into has been, you know, we discovered his, his best position almost there. And I think <laughs> it, 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 it's... It's just really lovely to see because he's another one that had been kind of written off by fans and um, we're all kind of going, fair play, lad. You know, you've been absolutely superb and somebody that I think can really offer something to this Everton side. And like I said, I'm, I'm really excited to see how this Hammers and Awobi kind of relationship develops because uh, Hammers seems to really enjoy playing alongside him. So goal as well. That first goal, by the way, I've watched it so many times. <laughs> Progressive presents Don't Do It Yourself. Okay, read me the manual. Using a Phillips screwdriver, blinded your halba, busy fits it. What was that? Blinded your halba, busy fits it. This sounds like another language to me. Okay, maybe we should bundle our home and auto with Progressive. We could save big, then pay someone to do it for us. Maybe. What's next? Next, Pony Ostium Pronus and Terra. Was that one Latin? Save when bundling home and auto with Progressive and use the money to, you know, not do it yourself. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. The, the whole build up to it. And then you said Hammers, first time uh, crossing from Luca Dean, and then the first time finish from a Wobi. Brilliant. Absolutely made up for the lad. Yeah, I think that, that's an interesting point. That might actually about Hammers and a Wobi because I think it was quite noticeable how well they linked up together. But if you think about it, those lads probably haven't been on the pitch together much at all this season. Because earlier in the season, Iwobi was on the bench, wasn't he? When Iwobi's come back into the side recently, James has been out injured. So, it, apart from maybe Southampton away, that might be the, the only game they've started together in, in Everton shirt. Yeah, absolutely. I think the start of the season, they were almost playing on different Everton teams, weren't they? You had Everton A and Everton B when they had the, the, um, the League Cup games. But... Um, I, I agree they seem to play quite well together um, Iwobi has done really well and made that right hand side his own um, in terms of an attacking sense and in terms of defensive sense which I think has been really important for the balance of the side and going forwards it might just really free up James Rodriguez to play either as an advanced number 8 or number 10 however they want to play with the midfield or just off the striker however they'd like to do it you think that there's an option there for him to have a proper free role in there. If you have, say, Alan and Decore as your two midfielders, and then you've got Iwobi doing a lot of the dirty work on the right-hand side, also capable of supreme moments of skill and intelligence with the ball, making nice progressive passes. It's the one thing that I think is consistent with our um, two most improved players in Keane and Iwobi is it's nice to see them both passing the ball forwards in a really positive way. 
And it's in very different ways. You look at Michael Keane, he's almost that Toby Alderweireld light, where you just see them long arching balls that look like a hoof, but they really aren't. They're very well-timed passes. And you've got Iwobi with just really clever little intricate passes into either Seamus Coleman or Calvert-Lewin or someone else. And just... He's done, they've both done so well to come back from what was a really difficult position from them. And all I'd like to see now is do it for the rest of the season. In, instead of just us being sat here in six months saying, yeah, we had another purple patch from them. And then, you know, um and R and yet again, do it for another season. Look, look at Dominic Calvert-Lewin and how the determination to be better and be consistently better has improved his overall standing within the game and his confidence. Just look at that as your example and emulate it. Go and be consistent at that highest level, especially Alex Awobi. The one thing that's dogged him throughout his career is the level of consistency that he's shown. It was always a problem at Arsenal, and we know it was a bit of an issue here the first season. So go out and play with confidence. Play, play with the confidence that you are going to be consistently good because when Alex Awobi plays with confidence, that's when he's at his most dangerous. When he does something excellent with the ball in the first couple of minutes, first five minutes, like score an excellent goal, you yeah. know that that is going to be an Alex Iwobi day. He takes on three players up the wing. It's going to be an Alex Iwobi day. It, just those sorts of things. When you see it, you know. And if that hasn't happened within 30, 40 minutes, usually it's going to be one of them days where he's a bit quieter. So that confidence doesn't need to come from an action that happens within the first few minutes. He's got to have that all the time and know that I'll just wait for the ball. And when it comes to me, then I'll do it. Not a case of, oh, well, I haven't quite done it yet. So, and just fly out of the game just unnoticed. That's got to stay with him all the time. And that consistency, if he can show that over the course of this season, then it solves quite a few problems for Evan. And I think that's where the, the shape and the mindset has really helped him recently. Because I think if you play him on that left hand side and you're playing an attacking brand of football, there is that, that sort of license for him to go hunting for the ball and you know, come off the wing and go in field and, and try and get it. But I think when you're playing in a defensive-minded setup, where you know, I imagine the manager will be saying to him, "You need to cover your fullback just as much as help out going forward." You've got to stay in that shape, and you've got to wait, and you've got to be disciplined for your opportunity. So, I think that that's where that absolutely might have helped them. And just one other point on something you mentioned there, Mike. I think you mentioned the passion from both of them and how they, they like to play forward. I think I think it's really interesting watching the Rotherham game on Saturday. And you could hear the manager saying, forward, forward, quicker, quicker. And I think that's why when you look at Keane and Awobi, and maybe there were times early in Ancelotti's tenure where you thought, why are these lads getting games? Maybe that's why he likes them. See, that's the thing he seems to say more than anything on the sideline. Play it forward, be, be more direct, get the ball through the lines a lot quicker. Yeah, hopefully he's got to say it a lot less going forward. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, uh, absolutely. But yeah, uh, it was wonderful stuff, wasn't it? At the weekend, uh, so on Tuesday night, uh, everything up to fifth in the table as it stands. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to get the chance to, to carry on that momentum because Everton's game at Villa uh, was confirmed as being postponed uh, on Thursday morning. I think we've all sort of known for, for a while. Um, obviously, it was meant to be played on Saturday. Initially, it got moved to Sunday, but um, Aston Villa won't be back in their training ground until Saturday at the earliest. And the decision's been made to... To call it off, um, obviously we've had. A, I asked people for their opinions on Twitter on this. Um, if you watch it on YouTube, let us know what you think about it as well. Um, but I'll, I'll get you guys to say what you think first. So, Sarah, Sarah, what have you what have you made of all this? Because I think it's it's one of them where I think some people sort of shrug the shoulders and go, "Well, it's part of the situation we're in, and you know the landscape we're in at the moment." Where there's others sort of look at the the FA Cup situation with Villa, the fact that it's you know it's our second game in as as many you know as many weeks, which has been been called off and it's obviously very frustrating. Um, how do you feel about what's transpired over the last couple of days? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in the mindset of, you know, obviously um, safety first, of course, like do the, take the precautions that need to be taken. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, as you said, the FA Cup game going ahead and then being able to field a load of kids and stuff like that and, and things still. Um, so I don't understand why, it's the inconsistency of games being cancelled and games that are allowed to go ahead that that, that really confuses me. Um, you, you, you see it time and again where one club says they've got so many cases, they've had to do this, but their game's going ahead and maybe another club's only got two cases, but their game's getting called off. And we've seen it across all kinds of leagues and, and, and I find that very frustrating. And as you said, now that's two games for Everton um, that, that have had to be called off. So 
you know, you can look at it and go, okay, maybe by the time that that game is rescheduled as well, we'll have Calvert-Lewin back in, we should have Alan back in and um, bolster our options and stuff like that. But I don't like having too many games in hand. You know, I think you can get, <laughs> I think you can get almost um, like laps with them and think, oh yeah, but we've got that game in hand and we've got that game. I, I, I would, I'd still, I think the, the momentum Everton are in right now, um, you know, I'd, I'd have very much. I'm looking forward to Everton playing every game. I love, I love it now when Everton are playing. Because I'm thinking another win, and we're still right up there. You know, um, but yeah, as I said, disappointed because I, I, you know, I want the game to go ahead. I want to see Everton play. Frustrated and a bit confused in regards to the situation and how they're deciding what games are played and what games aren't. Um, you know, I'd say that's probably the main, the main issue for me. Uh, yeah, I think that, that's where I am with it as well, Mike. Really, it's the it's the not really knowing what has to happen for a, for a football match to be to be called up at the moment. And the Premier League seems to not making it up as it as, as they go along necessarily, but um, maybe making different rules for different sides depending on the uh, let's say significance of them in the Premier League. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, it seems to be the case that the hardline stance that was put forward at the start of the season of you got 14 players, played a game, seems to have been just binned with no real discussion about it. As soon as um, probably the City infections happened, that seems to be the real turning point. I think Everton have got every right to be a bit miffed, to be honest, because they've followed the rules completely. Obviously, the players seem to be complying, and if they're not, then they haven't caught it anyway. Um to have two games postponed and pushed back. So if these games are played in February, I'm reliably informed that theoretically Everton could have eight games in 26-day period, which would just be a bit ridiculous. Um, and obviously that depends on when City are going to be free on European days. Villa have already got loads of games. They've got to play as well and all these things interlink. So it's not as simple as just going, oh, okay, we'll just find a, find a time slot for it because... I think Manchester City don't actually have a time slot left, do they? I think it was just something ridiculous. in all the competitions. Yeah. yeah it was... One free midweek between now and the end of the season. Yeah, Give us was... the points. <laughs> Give us the points. <laughs> it's just, it, it, it's, it's really caused a lot of problems. I think we've seen in the NFL this year very similar things where you've got some teams who've been cut a lot of slack, teams at the very top. And then teams who don't really have very much to play for have been made to play games when they haven't even got a quarterback in available. Like we've seen very ridiculous things. So it's not just in football that this is an issue. I think, as you said before, it's something that's an ongoing process that just has to be dealt with. I don't think Everton have really got anyone to be annoyed at, but I do think they've got every right to be a bit miffed just at the general situation because it's frustrating having to change all your preparation, change all your planning know that sometime down the road, you've probably got to prep your medical department very differently to the way it was going to be prepped to keep the players in peak physical shape, which would have been planned months and months in advance with all these games. But it's par for the course. There's no one you can really be that annoyed at, but you can just be annoyed at the situation. Maybe you wait for, for having the Euros set in stone, because that, that's, what, that's what feels like it's the big issue of all this, that you've got to cram everything in. in. Uh, and maybe the Premier League as well for not making contingency plans in, in regards to that, but it feels as though everything's just going to have to be pushed in at the end of the season, effectively, because we've got the European Championships that, that absolutely have to happen on that date. Yeah. Do you think they will? Do you think it'll happen? No. I don't think, they'll, I don't think they will either. No, no. no I don't. But... All this, eh? All this palaver. <laughs> I know. And, and obviously, Sarah, as well, in, in, in the women's game, it's... You know, it's not been as widely reported, but it's it's been a lot more widespread, hasn't it? Matches being cancelled, you know, very late notice for, for some of the girls. I imagine it's it's really frustrating for them. I mean, having having spoken to the girls and known them so well, how have they found it all? Yeah, they're they're frustrated, you know, wanting to play games. Obviously, we had to call off the game uh, last weekend against Manchester United. Um, we'd had cases at the club, but um, I think that. The girls were all recovering fine. It was like a precaution thing. Um, but you saw, I think the thing that's really frustrating in the women's game is um, you, you'd, you'd had players from various other clubs all going out to Dubai for little holidays and stuff. And, um, you know, 
loads of cases then came back there was a it made me laugh because reading women and chelsea was the only game that went ahead on the weekend from the wsl because of covid cases and they put a tweet out saying like just the two of us or whatever you know and it was, <laughs> it was the only game that was going on and you know i think obviously over christmas and and things like that cases are picked up but i think it's really really frustrating uh when you've got people going away on holiday and and you know when we're kind of in the rules a little bit when we're all in a situation that's kind of crap right now when we're all really feeling it and yeah the other players who couldn't go home to see their family had to be totally isolated over Christmas probably all they were focused on is getting back and playing football they've not been able to do that because all these cases have come back and then they can't play the football and they've been so it, it, it's very very frustrating um my fear for now really is I, I fear for the season the women's season I mean I, I hope that that, that, that gets um, is enabled to carry on and stuff but again there's so many games being called off Everton have already got a few to catch up on um, so again it's like where are all these fixtures going to take place because of other teams missing stuff but we have got a <laughs> major tournament in the summer Sarah for the girls or what's that sorry the major tournament in the summer international for the girls uh, not this summer it will be pushed back to the next one um, oh no no 2021 no it is it is this I think that one is still this season as well. Um, I know we've got the Olympics and the Euros as well. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's so much going on right now. And you're thinking, where are the games going to be played? Where are they going to be fit in? Um, and I think COVID, you think how hard it's hit the Premier League and the standards and, and precautions that are there. So I think in the women's game, it's just been awful. And we've seen the same thing. The bigger teams, if you like, the bigger clubs being granted permission to, to change things, etc. Uh, whereas other clubs have been told they have to go ahead and they've, they've had like 13 players available or something. So uh, very, very strange times. Um, but I think we're all just feeling our way through it, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Really frustrating. I think it, with, with the, totally forgot about the Olympics, is of course, while in the, uh, when it comes to the men's game, it's sort of been a shrug of the shoulders when it comes to, to footy. For the for the girls, isn't it? it's the the pinnacle, isn't it? When it comes to international international football, so that that is something that every every country qualifiers will be taking seriously. So, yeah, fingers crossed we can get it all sorted soon. Uh, but, oh, and a big sorry, just a big game what, as well for the girls on Sunday. They are back uh, at Walton Hall Park, so that'll be on the FA Player for those who want to watch. Obviously, there's no Everton men's game now, so uh, that's a one o'clock kickoff live on the FA Player if you want to tune in and and watch our girls on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, everyone's got two hours free now on, on Sunday, haven't they? So should have to watch that, uh, get behind them. Uh, just one other thing I wanted to speak about quickly before we uh, wrap up today. Um, Football is getting grief again from the government uh, in regards to, to COVID. Uh, obviously, there's been um, direction that footballers shouldn't celebrate and, and hug each other in that regard. And there's been pictures of... Of all, all the players celebrating from, from different teams on the back of newspapers and, and on uh, the news and all that kind of thing. There's been MPs today saying that it's brainless for footballers to be doing this kind of thing. Um, Mike, it, it, as much as you know, you, you, we can sit here and say that maybe footballers shouldn't just do that, um, it is frustrating to sort of see the wheel spawn in regards to who are we going to have a go at this time in regards to the pandemic and it, and it landing on a lot of these lads again. Well, it's been six months since they last decided it was footballers that were the problem. So that's probably enough time. People have forgotten how ridiculous it was then. And then, yeah, so we've been through everyone else. It was teenagers. It was old people. It was working people. It was unemployed people. And it was the dogs. And it was the cats. And it was, <laughs> yeah, um, it was. <laughs> honestly, that, 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 and it was old mother Hubbard who lives Oh, down the road in a shoe just it, it, whoever it is it's not the government it's not their fault and I think we all know it is so yeah, yeah. Um, for me it's they use the word disgraceful I think it's absolutely disgraceful the amount of money that has been sent, spent on private testing trace that is absolutely faulty I think it's disgraceful the lack of wi-fi that is available for working class children who have to work remotely for their education 
I think those things are disgraceful. I can't say footballers patting each other on the back after scoring a goal when they've been doing two to three COVID tests a week and living in quite secure environments is very disgraceful for me. Not falling for it. I don't think anyone really should. There's only one group of people that people should be pointing the finger at now, and that's the government. And unfortunately, the Labour leader's not going to do it, so everyone else has to. What, what, what have you made of it, Turner? Because I think it's... I suppose it's easy to sit here and, and say that, you know, you've got to be in that situation, having been able to celebrate with your mates when you're scoring a goal for so long during all this pandemic. It's probably quite hard to just flick that switch, isn't it, for, for football players to say all of a sudden that, you know, we're going to stand two metres apart from each other, despite the fact that, you know, we'll line up in a wall together or we'll get in a penalty box in, in a bit of a cluster and defend uh, set pieces together. It's, um, it's a bit of mixed messaging going on there, isn't it? It's, it's stupid. It's stupid. I mean, like you said, the natural thing, these are, this, that's a group of lads there who've just scored what they thought would be, you know, it went on to be the winning goal. They're challenging for Champions League. You know, even when you play bloody FIFA, when you score, you're like, get in! It's such a natural thing, you know, and these are lads playing in, in a really exciting season. They know how much the buzz of the fans and how much excitement and hope there is from all of us with this team at the moment we're all really on like this this really exciting journey together and football let's be honest is a is a bright spark for so many of us in a time that is so so hard and 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 so confusing and so you know we all feel you know i don't trust the government i don't feel i don't feel looked after or safe or anything like that you know and 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 to echo what mike said i think the only thing that is disgraceful is you know seeing these food parcels or whatever that was meant to feed a family on twitter the other day you want to talk about things that are disgusting um and i think it, it, it's again it's the government that need to have a look at themselves um i'm not having that footballers scoring a goal and jumping I mean, if you can't take some joy in seeing Yerry Mina celebrate that goal against Wolves, then, you know, you're not going to take much joy in anything at the moment. I think it's a natural response. I think, as you said, these are lads that are sliding into tackles with each other. They're all spitting on the grass throughout the game. They're, you know, they're in the changes together. They'll be in the showers after. They're having COVID tests constantly. Um, you also, I love how Manchester United did the exact same thing again, but that it was it was all on Everton, wasn't it? So, um, <laughs> no attention to them. Uh, I, 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 I have no problem with it. I think, um, you know, if we're getting to the point, it's it's hard enough as it is at the moment. And as you said, of all the places to point fingers, I think, um, as Mike put it, you know, a few men patting each other on the back after scoring a goal. I don't think that's where we need to be angry. I mean, I think, um, oh, sorry, Mike, go on. I think if... Um, you look at the images that were that were being used in the case of Everton. I did see stuff to do with United, and I can't remember. There was another game as well, but so I did see those ones surfacing as well. But the ones to do with Everton, it was after Michael Keane's goal, and obviously Harry Mean is all over the back of him. And you do just think to yourself, that's taken ten seconds after probably about twenty fellas have all been stood within six, <laughs> seven yards of each other, pushing each other about. I mean, like, if you're arguing that the celebration is bad, then you're making the wrong argument. If well, you want to argue that football shouldn't be going ahead 100%. because of the amount of expense that's on it and it's not necessary and for the safety of those players, et cetera, et cetera, that's a different and fine argument to have. But to use this as, let's be honest, a deflecting tactic for the inefficiencies of an absolutely woeful response by this government that is underhanded and a bit vile. There might be people listening to this who just say, just don't do it. You know, is, is that, what, what do you think about that? Because I suppose, it, you know, it's one of those things, I imagine that it is instantaneous, but if you, if now it's in, in the news and being spoken about it a lot, that people, when they score goals, will think about it now. I mean, will that make it easier or, you know, should it not even matter? I, don't, I, just, I just don't think it matters. I, I can't see it mattering. If you are... If you're going to say, well, just don't do it, don't celebrate, fine, don't tackle, don't yeah. make any contact with anyone whatsoever, it's pointless, don't shake hands, don't do any of this, don't pat each other, do you know what, don't be within two metres of one another, none of you, you can all stand still, we'll play Sabutio for a bit, that's what we'll do instead, right, it gets to that absolutely and utterly ridiculous stage, and I don't blame the players 
one bit because it is farcical. It is ridiculous. And even if it gets to the stage where like just do it, and some of them still, some of them still don't do it. I'm sorry, but when you score a goal, we've all done it. Doesn't matter what level it is. If you're in a park with your mates, it's a brilliant feeling. Yeah. You score a decent goal. It's great. <laughs> Completely forget every single problem that's going on in your life. And you go mad for about five seconds. And imagine that feeling times about 10,000 scoring at the very highest level. You're not going to remember. So, all right. Yeah. I can't, I can't go over here and celebrate the best two meters, everyone, two meters, even though we've just had a big pile on at the corner and a gold mouth scramble two meters now. Okay. It's just, it's not going to happen. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's and it's not as if it, you know. I totally agree with what you're saying. Just trying to be the devil's advocate, but it's just like <laughs> it's it's one of them, isn't it? Where it's not as if these they're acting irresponsibly, and it's not as if they haven't been tested before these games. You know, they, yeah. they are going to your conditions. They are getting tested regularly. Um, but yeah, just just one of them things, isn't it? Uh, very disappointing in that regard. Uh, but yeah, we are out of time today. Uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks very much to Mike. And to Sarah, as Sarah said, watch the girls on Sunday, uh, give them the back in, give them some support, uh, obviously with the lads not playing. Ten days off now. I'm reliably informed they're all getting a few days off. The lads ahead of a busy potential month, so uh, won't see any training ground pictures from Finch Farm or anything like that. But uh, but yeah, thanks very much to the guys. Thanks very much for watching on YouTube. Uh, give this video a like uh, if you haven't already. Subscribe to us if you haven't already. And if you listen to this uh, on podcasts, uh, give us a rating, give us a review. All these things are important. So, uh, thanks very much for tuning in. I'll speak to you again soon. Um, who are you? I'm you, from the future. What do you want? I want to tell you about Dave. Dave has your future money. Spend it on whatever you need. With extra cash from Dave, you can get up to 500 bucks instantly with no interest and no credit check. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.